Hello and welcome back to the Bird's Eye View podcast. We are here on Thursday, November 16th. Breaking news, Shohei Otani is interested in the Blue Jays. Maybe, if, perhaps, any word you can use to put a qualifier on his interest in the Blue Jays. But big news today in Toronto Blue Jays land. I'm Zach Warden here today with Jake Brannon and Jory Negan Schechter. All three of us are back together. Fellas, how are we feeling about Shohei to Toronto? Um, it seems like a dream. I mean, I'm not going to set my my hopes too high. I'm not going to try to get in the mind of anybody and convince them that this is actually something that's super likely. I mean, it's it's the Blue Jays signing Shohei Otani. Just the sentence sounds absolutely insane. We did our offseason pieces talking about the Jays having maybe $50 million to work with. Some of the contract projections for Otani have him making like $44, $45 million a year. So that's basically the entire sum of that money that we had to work with just on one player. And then you still have third base, you still have outfield. So it, I don't know. And then he's also not pitching next year as well because he has Tommy John. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things in there that just doesn't add up to it making a ton of sense for the Blue Jays to invest all this money. Obviously, long term, I think Otani's still going to be really good. I just think for the Jays to be a competitive team next year, it just doesn't make that much sense. Just, just, just because they have so many other holes to fill, other than just the DH slot for Otani. Well, let let me start with a first of all, great to of course be back in the in the metaphorical booth. Uh, I don't know what you're thinking, brother, because I am drinking the Shohei Otani Kool Aid. I am. Uh, I have already got my uh, Otani jersey, you know, got the new blue, you know, a little sponsored there. Uh, if the Blue Jays are going to be serious about Shohei Otani, and if the two granddaddies of uh, MLB insiders and Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal want to connect the Blue Jays to the greatest free agent of of basically modern history and maybe any sport save for maybe LeBron James, then yeah, I'm thinking I'm pretty interested in Shohei mother flipping Otani. The 2024 Shohei Otani City Connect Jays jersey, the OVO Drake is going to oh, be no. so crazy. Oh, don't even put that <laughs> out there, man. <laughs> uh, anyways, yes, uh, Ken Rosenthal reporting today that a rival executive is viewing the Blue Jays as a sleeper for Shohei. Very interesting. I, you know, it, it's it's kind of gotten to the point in the offseason where we we've, we've almost been like at it for a couple weeks now with no signings, so. There's been a lot starting to come out and starting to to swirl about a lot of news coming out, obviously, as as teams kind of position themselves. I think it it, it is basically going to be everybody waiting until Shohei signs. There's a lot of money that's going to free up once he, he finds a spot. So I, I don't think that we're going to be in for all that many moves until until he decides where he's going to play. But um, yeah, certainly an interesting nugget to see a rival executive if you guys are thinking you know rival executives who do you think is is leaking this to ken what team i'm thinking rival executive has to be an american league exec i'm not sure if it's al east though i i gotta think it's gotta be uh it's gotta be someone else that that maybe wants to play a little bit of leverage ball here and maybe maybe make life difficult for a team like a team out west because we've heard about you know the Yankees maybe having interest or like maybe the Mets having interest. So I wonder if it's someone like uh or or the Red Sox continuing to get interest. I wonder if it's maybe like 
the Tampa Bay Rays, or I don't know. There's some teams out there I feel like that could maybe make a leverage play to make life a little more difficult for a more substantial team, again, like the Dodgers, like the Halos, if they do by some miracle bring him back, if you know the Yankees do make a significant pitch for him. So I, I'm thinking it could be someone like the Rays or or even someone like the on the other side, maybe like a like an Oakland Athletics or should I say Las Vegas Athletics? Yeah, I don't who you guys like who do you guys want Otani to go to? Because like obviously you don't want him to go to a good team and make it difficult for the Jays. Like say he goes to the Red Sox. That kind of like that obviously sucks because he's in the Jays division, but did the Red Sox make the World Series, not make the World, even make the playoffs with Otani? Like do you want him to go to like a weaker team like that or do you just want him okay, he's going to the Dodgers, it's the NL, maybe they end up facing him in the World Series? I could you imagine a one, two, three of Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, and Freddie Freeman? That's just insane. Like, and, and, like Muncie's not bad either, too. Like, it's just like it's just a scary, and it, it it drops off really hard. They have a ton of holes to fill too, kind of like the Jays. But yeah, just just that top is just absolutely terrifying. I think, I like, think... I mean, if you're looking, well, yeah, if you're looking for like from a Toronto perspective, if he's not signing with the Blue Jays, obviously yeah, you want him exactly. to go to the NL. Like, if he were to go to the rangers you know like that's that's no good for anybody oh. if, if he goes to the mariners that's no good um but yeah I, I think you look at kind of an nl team just thinking about it i mean that the dodgers would be quite unfortunate i mean not unfortunate i mean obviously it doesn't affect the blue jays all that much but if if you were in a world series if the dodgers you know kind of roll through if they make a bunch of ads this year obviously they're going to be back with a, another 100 win team so thinking about NL destinations of like teams that he's been linked to that maybe have the money there. Man, that's, that's tough. Like maybe, maybe the Mets, like they, they mess it up a little bit and, and you don't have to worry about that that much. And obviously they, you know, they, they're not rolling out the best rotation right now. Obviously they're connected to a lot of the guys, but you know, as, as far as, as their lineup goes, like, I mean, if he, if he goes there, I'm not sure if that, boost them ahead of the Braves next season well another sneaky team that we've heard is in the mix is the Giants we've heard a lot about them and the question is are they that's basically, a good point yeah. are they basically the Halos 2.0 where they're kind of middling and they add a superstar but they're lacking just in general in terms of talent and Otani stuck with another 84 win team next year so that's another team I think worth kind of circling in terms of where you wouldn't hate to see him go because it'd be a compelling storyline obviously you talk about you know beautiful ballparks and you talk about historic franchises the giants are right up there with some of the league's kind of most grandeur of teams uh but i do feel like the dodgers although it's the most likely destination would be a little boring because we've heard so much about it the the Cubs too are have, have been rumored as well. They're they're kind of similar to the Giants, like you, you're saying, historic franchise. They have they have the money that and and adding Otani, they, like that wouldn't really push them over somebody like the Braves or, or somebody like that. But I, I I think the Rangers like that that's probably the scariest thought to me, just because of how good their offense already is. Even their pitching isn't like is really solid too. They're gonna get Degrom back at that mid mid next season. Degrom, Scherzer, Eovaldi, and then you add Otani as a pitcher and a hitter into arguably the best offense in the league already. I, th I think that's probably my scariest destination is going to be the Rangers. Yeah, that would be, that would be 
terrifying especially since it seems like josh Hader is almost destined to go there at this point too so if yeah. they're you know bringing in shohei and then maybe they bring back jordan montgomery this is a lot of money to throw around but uh especially because you know, they're paying they're paying seniors semian already they already have yeah. a lot of money invested yeah yeah and degrom and scherzer and you yeah. have all the i was surprised to see uh heaney opt into his deal there i thought he might he might opt out but uh what was what was the money what was the money on Heaney? i think it was 15 million i know he wasn't that great this year but uh yeah you know i i thought he would be kind of a guy that might might uh might hit them hit the market again and try to get a multi-year deal but um let's kind of dive into to what ken wrote because i i think it is interesting some of the other facts you know where you know he says the exact rational rationale is this any plans the jays had to sign vladimir guerrero jr and bobachette to massive extensions might now be on hold which is I think pretty interesting. I mean, we, we've talked about it a bunch, right? Where it seems like it's too late to give either of those guys extensions. Obviously they already bought out Bose Arbiers and it's probably too late to find a common, to find common ground with, with Vlad at this point. So, I mean, did you guys take anything away from that where like those plans might be on hold right now? Like the conversations aren't necessarily happening. I'm a, I'm a little concerned by that uh, more on the Vladdy front than the bow front i don't think either of them are news necessarily in terms of being new developments you know we've talked about it at length and there's even been kind of you know scuttlings in the media and stuff just about how the team is a little bit uh paralyzed because they don't really know what they've got so i don't know that there's a big surprise with rosenthal reporting this but i do think it's significant that he uses the wording on hold because to me there's a bit of a concern that there's not even a level of like proactiveness but i don't know how proactive you can be with a guy like vlad that just put up the one of the worst statistical seasons that we probably will see from him in his career yeah, for for Vlad, it's it's kind of no surprise for me. I, I, it's it's just so hard to talk contracts with him. I think like they're they're just light years apart. I I would imagine Vlad still has himself in that like Acuna Soto like that's how he like views himself, and then obviously his numbers just just don't add up to that. So it's it's just impossible to talk contracts with with somebody like Vlad. For Bo, I like I, that's that, that's more concerning for sure because he he's coming off a really solid year, even though it ended off quite poorly just just due to injury and and yeah the, the second half just wasn't great overall but yeah I, I I'm I'm concerned about the Bo statement more than the Vlad for sure yeah I mean they're two years away from free agency at this point and I, you know it, it doesn't surprise me that th- they won't come to an agreement at this point like I feel like especially with Vlad like maybe that's something that they if he bounces back uh this upcoming season like that's something that they can get to a big extension then because you feel a little bit more comfortable seeing that production but if he has another down year and again we've we've beaten this horse to death at this point but if he has another down year then you know he he's going to want way more money than the jays are going to be comfortable giving him so it's going to kind of come down to a, a walk here for him to prove it to earn earn all that money or i i guess you would you would let him walk i don't it's 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 a really tough conversation because you don't want to pay a guy who puts up a, a one more season at first base uh 200 million dollars Let's uh let's move on though. A, l- a lot of news has kind of come out since we last recorded. A lot of awards. The Toronto Blue Jays had three Gold Glove winners: Matt Chapman, Jose Barrios, and Kevin Kiermaier. No Dalton Varsho, no Alejandro Kirk, 
and they won the team gold glove award um exactly what we had all envisioned <laughs> coming into the year the the team uh, gold glove it's uh they say defense wins championships i say defense wins you team awards that i didn't even know existed three weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> they certainly were a great defensive team this year um you guys i mean like I, I didn't have any problems with the way that the awards rolled out. Obviously, the, the Dalton Varsho thing, it's a little weird because Stephen Quant did have more DRS in left field. And I, I think almost every single gold glove that they gave out was like whoever had the most defensive run saved at that position. So it's not really, you know, much voting there. It's just basically like, hey, you had the most DRS. Congrats. Here's your gold glove. I don't know. Like... It's the DRS award, not the gold glove award, basically. That's that's what they did for the the platinum gloves, too. I think it's just whoever had the highest DRS just, just got the award, basically. Except for Dalton Varsho. Except yeah. for yeah, except for Varsha. Yeah, I mean, I Varsha probably should have got gotten an award. He's he's an incredible defender. But yeah, he'll yeah. pick up a centerfield gold glove next year, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he'll uh, unless Kevin Kiermaier signs with the Yankees and and beats him out for that. Man, that'll be a heck of a race, hey? Kiermaier um, versus Varsha for the gold glove. That would be fun. Um, other than that, though, the Toronto Blue Jays in, in a lot of the awards we've just found out recently the. BBWAA Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, um, Cy Young Award winners, uh, Toronto Blue Jays kind of littered throughout. John Schneider receiving a vote for a Manager of the Year. Not sure who had the audacity to do that, but uh, I mean, listen, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't think I got anything for that, man. I, uh, he, he received... it was a, I think it was the Angels writer, wasn't it? Or it was yeah, a West Coast writer that, it, it, that tossed yeah. him a vote. Um, I think that maybe they're just so used to incompetence. They were kind of like, oh, this is like normal, right? This is, uh, this is what it should look like. <laughs> the manager yeah. of the year is it's such a weird one. Cause it's like the people voting aren't watching. Like every person voting isn't watching every single Toronto Blue Jays. It's just like, you kind of just look at the record and how they were supposed to do. And they're like, okay, did they overperform? Did they underperform? Like they're, they're missing a lot of, th- like they're missing like, like the Schneider accidental two mound visits for Manoa like like how many people (laughs) that voted like actually know about that situation like that's that kind of like it wasn't like a huge huge thing like it was like got talked about for a day and then basically everybody forgot about it but like people like us like we don't like that are die it's it's burned into my memory yeah it is burned into my memory you remember that till the day you die I have I have a suggestion to fix manager of the year voting manager of the year voting should be the the beat writers for that team should nominate their manager if they feel he basically was worthy was worthy of the award and from the there that's when you open the field to everyone else so not every like you you have like a a panel of like five uh five local chapter writers and if three of the five are like he had a year worthy of manager of the year. Then he's put out to like a second vote. And then the managers that get into that second tier, that's who you should be voting for. This is no one like no one knows. This is like probably a little too deep into the weeds of like beat writer minutia, but, but I don't think you can, really do that because like i'm at you have to have oh, like it a working cause problems. you're gonna have to have a working relationship you know problems. like you know a, a yeah. beat writer you're trying to go to the manager and he's like ah you didn't nominate me last year <laughs> i'm not talking to you or giving you a quote or whatever you know like i mean just just whatever like oh for sure for petty sure. Stuff inside like that, baseball but... inside baseball it would cause huge problems but some sort of uh 
uh, some sort of Toronto chapter decides if John Schneider is uh, worthy of consideration. They should let us do it. Uh, it should just the bird's be, eye view just, podcast the bird's eye view awards we'll have to we'll call them the the birdies you know birdies. something like that the birdies <laughs> uh, well we already gave out the birdies a couple episodes ago we did give yeah. out the birdies we did give out the birdies next year we'll 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 spice it up a little bit we'll call it the birdies we'll call it the birdies. i like it i like it <laughs> um other than john schneider uh Kevin Gossman finishes third for Cy Young and Chris Bassett finishes 10th, I believe. Um, Chris Bassett received a third place vote and a fifth place vote. Gossman got votes for second, third, fourth, and fifth. And I mean, yeah, I, I think well-deserved for Kevin Gossman, Chris Bassett. Um, you know, if Chris Martin got a vote, like you think Kikuchi deserved a vote. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's where I'll leave that one. But uh yeah, what what do you got? You guys have any takeaways from from Gossman, Cy Young? I I know I think we all voted him Team MVP, so not really surprising there. Just in how important he was to the Jays and and just the awesome season that he had. Yeah, Gossman tweeted something out. Uh, I believe it might have even been earlier today on Thursday, just saying like DFA to Cy Young, you know, finalist. Anything is possible. You set your mind to it and. Just the 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 path that he's taken, the the rousing success that he's been for the Blue Jays, everything you could have asked for and more from him. And really just I think more than anything else, seems like a genuinely really good dude. So by by all accounts, just a really great story and uh like a lone bright spot on a bit of a bleak Blue Jays team in, in a lot of respects. So really happy to see him recognized. Surprised he didn't finish second. I recognize, you know, there's uh, a lot of similarities between him and Sonny Gray, the second place finisher. But surprised that the strikeouts didn't win the day. I'm surprised that it was ultimately the home, basically what it meant to being able to keep the ball in the ballpark. Yeah, it's it's annoying that that Cole won unanimously because like he had an incredible year. I, I would have voted for him for sure. It's just it's just his year is just not that amazing that you think okay this is a unanimous Cy Young like he had a good year like Gosman's still in that discussion for sure Gray's in that discussion I I I, I think you go either way for two Gosman or Gray I think there's a really good case for Gosman too just because of his strikeouts 11.53k per nine that's that's well well ahead of Sonny Gray and Garrett Cole it's just the ERA is going to be such a big factor at, at the end of the day but yeah Gosman's year could have been a lot better for sure if he, if he had a little bit more better luck but that's just that's just the way baseball is he's he's kind of that's that, that's kind of how his career has gone he's always kind of had had a worse era than that he should he's always had really good strikeout and walk ratios but but yeah just just an incredible year overall I, I i think at the end of the day i probably would have ended up voting him voting him too so that wish he finished second on on the overall ballot and uh, Chris Bassett getting some love too, which is nice to see as well. Obviously, he didn't quite have the you know dominant season that that Kevin Gosman did, but I mean, getting a third place vote is probably a little generous. I I I mean, uh, he, I, he probably think, wasn't the third best pitcher in the AL, but <laughs> you know, I I think overall, like him finishing him finishing tenth, I think it's it's okay because he did have a really good season. And I think like getting to the two hundred inning mark and just the way that he kind of put on for the Blue Jays throughout the year. Like, I mean, it, it it's a nice acknowledgement for him to to be on the ballot, at least two ballots. I, I think that's kind of 
a, a good spot for him, even if you kind of dive into the individual ballots, if you think, well, that doesn't make much sense. But if you, you know, overall looking at it, I, I think it's well-deserved to see him on there. Yeah, I think you'd rather a couple people just vote him a bit lower and not have him just as a third place vote because obviously he doesn't deserve a third place vote. But yeah, getting mentioned as as the what would you say tenth overall? Like that's, that's I think he finished tenth. Yeah, yeah, like that's 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 fine. Like that's not like outrageous at all. Like there's a lot of good good pitching years and he had a really good pitching year too. So to finish tenth, yeah, that that makes sense. Rookie of the year, uh, Gunnar Henderson, Corbin Carroll, no Toronto Blue Jays on the ballot there. Do you guys think Schneider would get kind of a, a – obviously, it's it's a little different with rookie of the year because the, the the voters only get three votes. But did you guys think that Schneider would maybe get get a little bit of love there? Go ahead, Jory. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for you. Yeah, Jory. you I'm... knew it was coming from me. Listen, I was going to let Jake maybe, but the... man, come on. This guy literally saved the Blue Jays' season. Uh, disappointing to to not see him get some love, and I recognize that the nature of the beast, uh, is that it's tough to uh, it's tough to kind of give everyone their their flowers with this award. But man, this this a couple Blue Jays writers that the voting uh voted on this, and they couldn't have thrown him a third place vote if if Wilner's gonna toss Bassett a fifth place vote. I mean, I love Mike Wilner, you know, for what he is. He's he's uh, but like, come on. Like how are how are we not gonna how are we not gonna have David Schneider who on a per one sixty two basis was like a seven war player and sure he had a five hundred Bavip and sure he was hitting a home run every like seven abs but this guy raked and no one on the Blue Jays raked so it's disappointing for him not to get some love and I I uh, I wish that he could have gotten maybe a maybe a small nod from somebody yeah it's just just the thirty five games it's just just. It's it's too tough to vote for him, but an incredible an incredible thirty five games for Schneider. I I wish I wish it was more. I wish he maybe got some playoff at bats too. But yeah, it's just it's just too tough to to vote for him with only thirty five games. Well, well, there was a lot of other really good rookie performances this year. On the uh, CanCon side of things, Edouard Julian became just the twelfth Canadian to ever receive Rookie of the Year votes. So. Congrats to him. Maybe one of my favorite players in the league. Not sure if there's any bigger Eddie Julian fans out there than than me. But uh... the uh, the Minnesota the Minnesota Canada connection uh, renewed after obviously Morno. I imagine Morno back in the olden day probably got tossed a couple of rookie of the year votes, but I obviously don't have that in front of me. But Julian, what a what an amazing year for him because he came into the year and was maybe a fringe top 100 guy. And I mean, Zach, you'll be, you know, the local Eddie Julian historian here, but coming in raking at the, at the world baseball classic and then carrying that over into the year. And I mean, the skill set that he brings is also so unique in terms of just his exceptional eye. There's like, not to call him Joey Votto 2.0, but there's the same energy of like, he knows the zone. He knows what he's doing up there. And then obviously to finish the year and get some uh, get some love for the rookie of the year is really cool uh, from a Canadian baseball perspective. Yeah, Morneau did not get any rookie of the year votes. Just, really? just pull that up real quick. But that's uh, surprising. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's I just just kind of looking at the the results here. I mean, you know, looking at the guys who did get some votes. Like, I mean, you know, personally, I probably would have given Schneider votes over like Masataka Yoshida. Anthony Volpe, like, I mean, obviously I get the defensive value there. And like, if you look at the war totals, 
David Schneider had more war than both those guys. So yeah, he did two two war from Schneider. Wow. Yeah, interesting to see. Um, you know, again, I, I feel like if there's five spots, he probably snags a couple votes. I would imagine, and it's too bad because he he won't be rookie of the year eligible next year. What's yeah? What's what's the cutoff? Do you know off the top of your head? I know. Uh, it's it's, it's, it like, it's at it's at bats or games played. It's like it's like two different like cutoffs. Day, right? Days on the roster, right? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So he must have just that's 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 unfortunate. I mean, obviously a long shot to win it next year again, but I mean, it, it would have been nice to see him be in the running for it again after only playing thirty five. Well, see, now I'm looking here on baseball reference and it says that his rookie status is still intact. Oh. So maybe, maybe there's life for, for a 2024 Davis Schneider rookie of the year. <laughs> Never know. I mean, it would probably take a bit of a, a bit of an extended miracle given, <laughs> you know, the kind of year he put together this year, but I wouldn't put it past them. Hey, if the, the Jays sign, sign show, hey, they're not going to have enough money to to fill off those other holes. Maybe he gets full-time playing time. Starting third baseman, <laughs> Davis Schneider. I like the sound of that. Yeah, I don't know if anyone is. else does. Davis Schneider does. <laughs> oh, so, so I just pulled it up here. So the you have to be to be if you you'll be considered a rookie unless you exceed 130 at bats or 45 total days on an active major league roster. Okay. So I think well, did did he pass that? Because he was on certainly. for August and September, right? So that almost be, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So baseball reference is to- totally wrong. Oh, bozos. Only the second most valuable site when it comes to baseball information. <laughs> Shame on them. Um, yeah, uh, that kind of wraps up. I mean, obviously the awards, the Cy Youngs, Garrett Cole, Blake Snell, Managers of the Year, Brandon Hyde, Skip Schumacher, sure. Interesting. Uh, Corbin Carroll, Gunnar Henderson. I mean, you guys have any any takes on on uh, those those the winners at all? I have a, I have an MVP take. Which we hear tonight, I believe, or maybe we do tomorrow. find out. We do find we out. We find tonight. out tonight. I am very much looking forward to seeing how the uh, NL uh, voting shakes down because I, I mean, obviously the discussion was, you know, Acuna bets, Acuna bets, Acuna bets, Acuna bets, Freeman, Acuna bets, Acuna bets, Acuna bets. Uh, and uh, the way the voting is going to break down, you know, it should probably be like a like a marginal victory, but based on how it kind of goes. I wonder if Acuna kind of blows him out because they're going to be like, well, I think Acuna wins out and he's going to get like, you know, a vast majority of the votes. And then the discourse after, I think, will be very fun to follow. It feels kind of similar to the Judge Otani thing last year where like it was probably a little bit closer in reality than it was on on the ballots because Judge just had such a historic season that you almost had to vote for him. And it kind of feels like that again for Acuna where, you know, he's like the founder of like the 3060 club, the 3050, no, not the 3050 club, but the 3070 club, the 4070 club, the 40, you know, 70, yeah, it's... you know, like he's, I don't know how you don't vote for him after, after the year that he had. Yeah. Like you, you look at their but... wars, they're like almost identical. <laughs> and then, sorry. But, but <laughs> Milky's DRS, but his, but his else above average guys. He's, I say yeah. that as if I don't like legitimately believe those things, but whatever, it's not important. But the, but Acuna's Acuna's average jump speed, guys. He doesn't av- he doesn't average a good jump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, makes up. I think Akuni will probably Jake win, follow that I up, do. please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying. No, it's it's you look at their wars. It's like it's identical, but then you just look at the stolen bases, and it's it's such a huge difference. There's so many storylines with Acuna. I I think you have to vote for him, but it's it just as a pure player, what they did. It's it is incredibly close, and and even Freeman deserves a lot of discussion too. He's he's a first baseman, doesn't get a lot of credit in in the war calculations, and and he's he's still barely behind the two of them, only only point four points behind the two of them in in total f4 for he's season. a rounding error basically right it's a really yeah, it's like a, a really stacked class obviously the al it's like it was a foregone conclusion when otani got hurt and that was like august so for the nl i think is obviously it's far more compelling but it's actually like a really exceptional kind of race here yeah no it is it's it's them at the the top three in in the entire league for for war so the nl is kind of kind of dominating this year it's it's funny that freeman had 23 stolen bases too so that's 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 jumping jumping him up in the in the f4 calculation too you you never think he'd have he'd have more stolen bases than than mookie but he's actually like a, a really sneaky really good good base runner yeah he's got he's like one of the best bsr players in the league yeah i i think you know we talked about this last year a lot and it's when you when you're doing the voting for this it's like you know when you're telling the story of the season i think ronald acuna is more of the story yeah. of the season than mookie betts is yeah absolutely when when it's that close it, it can come down to, to stuff like that I, I don't like using that like all the time like I, I think raw numbers do meet a ton but when it's so close it's like okay this guy won the triple crown or this guy set a home run record or stolen base like like that like can catapult you ahead of the guy when you're a minuscule difference apart. I I totally agree with that. Yeah. Like here's my annual, here's my, you know, or or semi-weekly, semi-bi-weekly, whatever. Hey, remember the 2015 Blue Jays segment is the whole Donaldson versus Trout debate. It kind of came down to the Blue Jays making the playoffs and Donaldson leading the way, right? I think when you're telling the story of that season, it's Donaldson. When you're telling the story of this season, it's Acuna going sickle mode. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my favorite parts of every baseball season is the down ballot MVP votes and some of the random dudes that get uh, get put because for MVP, like the, the voters get 10 spots. They get to vote 10. They get to vote one through 10. So I'm going to put you guys on the spot and you guys are going to have to pick one player from each league that you think will end up on on the ballot as a random out of nowhere player that we we don't expect at all. I can start it off if you if you guys need a second to, all to you brother, all get you your brother, fan brother. graphs page ready. Yeah, you um, can start it off, sure. I, I got a couple of mine. <laughs> we we kind of had this conversation a little bit earlier, but uh I think we're gonna see Cabrian Hayes from the Pittsburgh Pirates get uh some down ballot MVP votes. He he had a really great defensive year. He had a above average WRC plus, but nowhere near to MVP level. But I think that we'll see him snag a vote somewhere like in the the nine ten reigns, whether it's from a Pittsburgh grader or not. Um Sure, he'll be my pick for the NL. In the AL, this one's this one's a little bit tougher, you know, kind of looking at the the Fangraphs pages. But you know, I think like could we see like a Brent Rooker MVP vote? Oh, I I was kind of thinking about that. I was kind of eyeing him a little bit. One twenty-seven. He had a, he had a crazy plus, couple weeks. He had like, thirty home runs. Weeks. You know, I'll go with him as my AL guy. I I don't know. I think. I think it could happen. I'm, I, you know, again, like probably not. He didn't even finish top thirty in the AL in F four among qualified hitters. But uh, yeah, I think he would be. He, he he's a sneaky candidate to be a, a down ballot MVP guy. 
So I'm is, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit. I'm gonna do two uh two AL guys because my first AL guy is a little bit cheating because he actually had a you know decent start to the year, but everything of course fell apart. Uh, down ballot Matt Chapman. I'm putting it <laughs> pen to paper right now. I'm thinking someone's gonna be like, you know what? He was literally Barry Bonds to start the season. I think he is a sneaky guy that that deserves some love. That's who, my one. <laughs> who did the Blue Jays abuse in April? That the beat writer is like can't get Matt Chapman out of their head. Uh, that's my so that's my first one. My other uh, my other sneaky my other sneaky. Uh, Oh, I had it. Well, I'll, I'll go to the NL because I did my NL one. I think I, I think I have my choice. So as, as there's a, there's an old commercial, I'm sure you guys know with, I believe it's with uh, the starting staff for the, the Braves. I think Maddox is in it. And I think Glavin is in it. And then I think Mark McGuire might be in it. And the crux of the story is it's a Nike commercial and chicks dig the long ball. So no one exemplifies you know, living and dying with the long ball as much as noted 47 home run, uh, 47, I think. Am I looking at the right, uh, am I looking at the right table? I want to make sure I don't. Uh, yeah, I, was long yeah, I, sure I, I know, know where you're going, 47. Out. Noted 47 home run, uh, 1.4 wins ball replacement, and buck 97 batting average. Uh, I've got Kyle Schwarber sneaking in with some votes because, yes, you know, despite the lack of Mendoza line production, uh think people live for the long ball and he's just such a strange player that i think he'll get some love i I think that's a good pick actually for just just seeing how high the home runs are and obviously his heroics in the playoffs can kind of throw you off as well even though that's not supposed to be considered um i got some interest i i I think i'm gonna go with uh i I actually i i I don't know I, I have so many NL guys that's that's the problem i keep thinking NL guys matt chapman's a good one i was i was thinking about going with chapman for for the NL, I'm gonna go with Luisa Rise just because of the batting average. Obviously, he was he was having at the start of the year. You thought maybe he might hit 400, so so that's kind of something that might sway the votes. Just people still being obsessed with batting average, even though it's, it's 2023. Um, for the AL, hold on, I I had it. I don't I don't know who I'm gonna go for the AL. Maybe like maybe like Esau Paredes or something, just because. The Tampa- <laughs> Cause, cause I like Tam- that one. I like that one. Just Someone on Tampa, Tampa Bay that led the way had such a good start. Like uh, you can't go Wander Franco, obviously, but it's like Tampa Bay had that crazy start. So, so maybe just somebody on their team that 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 really helped them. I I, I think there's a lot of answers I could go for the NL. I don't really have a ton of funny ones for for the AL. Like at NL, I was thinking like Nico Horner, TJ Friedel, like guys like that that are that are on the first page for for F four somehow, but. I mean, Horner's a good defender. Friedel, he batted leadoff and and had some good bat pit luck this year, so he ended up on the first page. But yeah, maybe maybe some some underrated guys like that. I like how we all went position players. Like, like you know, like we just saw. Chris yeah, I guess Martin. we could. We, we just saw Chris Martin get a Cy Young vote. <laughs> um, Daniel Bard got an MVP vote last year. Dude, um, I just said chicks dig the long ball, man. If you're gonna give MVP votes to anybody, it's gonna be home run based. You know. It's- it's time for Jorge Soler to have an MVP 17 next to his thing, you know? Uh, Like, I mean, I'm just trying to think of, you know, like any fun relievers like like Tanner Scott. He led all relievers in F4. Uh, Matt Brash, he had a 2.1 F4. That was awesome. Some CanCon. It'd be sick if he got a vote. 
um you know like a yenny or cano felix bautista like even even a chris martin like that'd be that'd be it's always fun like josh Hader, maybe you know just totally random that'd be a but, nice uh, little that'd be a nice little check marionette was you know the closer video that got yeah, sent exactly. out a couple of weeks ago uh a lot of fun always fun to see who ends up on the ballots uh before we finish off some other blue jays awards to get to ricky tiedemann named the arizona fall league pitcher of the year named to the arizona fall league all-star team and davis or sorry not davis schneider damiano <laughs> palmajani named to the arizona fall league all-star team as well the blue jays uh showed really well in arizona this year the surprise surprise sagueros excuse the pronunciation there um Ended up winning the Arizona Fall League. That was the team that all the Blue Jays were on. So, you know, Ricky Tiedemann obviously didn't finish the year with them, but he started it. Uh, CJ Van Eyck was there. Uh, Will Robertson, Damiano Palmajani, uh, Desan Brown, all parts of that championship team. So, you know, it's it's the Arizona Fall League, but but a lot of fun stories from there. And uh, yeah, I, I got to I watched a bunch of the games. So it was, it was really cool to see how well, you know, especially like Palmajani showed up being, you know, a little bit more CanCon there. And uh, just kind of completed his his rise on onto the scene this year. Yeah, excited by him. Uh, you can't talk about the fall league and not talk about Tiedemann. A uh, lot of encouraging stuff there. Uh, the biggest thing is obviously his health and getting him innings. Uh, hopefully, this is the start of maybe a little bit of a string of good health. I remember like last last winter we were like everything has been upwards trajectory for this kid. It's unbelievable. And then of course this year there were bumps and bruises and he did look good when he pitched, but there were issues with, you know, when he was pitching, he was hurt otherwise when he wasn't pitching, which was a lot more of the time than you would probably like. So to get him more innings this year in the fall league is really important. And, and I think that the blue Jays, I'm sure are hoping that he's, you know, starting next year in AAA and pushing up by maybe even like May or, or you know, possibly june but he he will factor into their plans yeah nice to see the jays uh farm system show out a farm system that we often talk of as as one of the weaker ones in the league so so great to see them show out in the fall league guys like cj van eyck an older guy uh coming off of tommy john looked looked really solid so him yeah him and tiedemann and then yeah paul majani i i i like a lot too he's got any guy that's got got a high walk rate even though he's maybe an older guy and not a super high high rated prospect. That's that's kind of somebody that you you look at as maybe maybe more a more underrated player that could that could really be a solid major leaguer, even though he's not getting that superstar hype. But like he's he's consistent over ten walk rate, had a fifteen percent walk rate in in AAA last year, three eighty six OBP. So yeah, that's that's he, he's a really solid solid depth prospect to have in the organization. And yeah, great great to see him show out in the fall league and continue his uprise. Yeah, I, I think um it's 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 really cool to see them them shine there. Obviously, you know, you kind of mentioned like the the Blue Jays system. Of course, they you know, the Blue Jays, I think they're they're a little bit more of a, a deeper system than than kind of the, the top tier talent, which kind of hurts. And this is I think a really great example of that, you know, seeing like Palmajani and Robertson shine, despite not necessarily being kind of top of the top of the list, guys. I will say before we get out of here, all three of us wrote a off season outlook preview for the jays where we each built an offseason for the team over on our sub stack you can check all three of those pieces out there um a lot of fun i know you know reading your guys's after i put out mine i was like ah, you know maybe maybe some some different approaches 
um i think it was pretty fun that we all kind of had a really different different looking teams by by the end of it so yeah but with that uh that'll do it for us here today at the bird's eye view podcast make sure you drop a follow or review wherever you get your pods you can follow us each on twitter the pod is at bev underscore pod jory is at j negan schecter i am at warden underscore zach and jake is at jake brandon underscore thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next week